Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for February 2nd. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. We have an absolutely loaded episode for you today. No NFL, so of course, David still wanted to come back on Talk a Little Shop. But instead of talking NFL, we're going to talk NBA. He's going to give out two bets for Friday night on in the NBA. And I'm going to give out two, uh, two college basketball bets out. And NASCAR season is starting up. So, of course, Brandon's going to be coming back on the podcast. And we are going to be talking some NASCAR. Looking forward to hearing, picking his brain about this upcoming NASCAR season. Of course, this this show is sponsored by Parlay Play. If you're not using Parlay Play, go to the App Store, download Parlay Play, use promo code NFLBLITZ for a 100% deposit match. That way they know, oh, Uncle Rico sent you. Crazy week in the association. We have a LeBron James. A LeBron James seeking a trade from the LA Lakers? Who would have ever fucking thought we would get to this point where we would see this be? Obviously, Rich Paul came out. He said this this is untrue. But where there's smoke, there's fire. There's no reason we're gonna that's gonna be leaked by somebody unless that's something that could happen. I was hearing someone say that'd be the Thunder. And I'll be honest, if I'm the Thunder, I have Shay. I want this team to be Shays and Chet. I would not trade to have LeBron come in there just because I want those two running it. As crazy as it sounds, I want Shay and I want Chet. I don't want LeBron running that team for them they need to get a a vet i trying to like a gallinari just a veteran presence and al horford a guy like that just to help these guys be able to make a deep playoff run that's kind of my thoughts of the lebron james stuff i know that's kind of off the wall but that is just out of the blue also another quick thing as everyone knows, I had some health stuff going on. Went to the doctor last week. Excuse me, not last week. Yesterday, and boom. Uncle Rico's back, baby. Full fucking clean slate of motherfucking health. I'm back, baby. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm locked in. So let's jump right into the podcast, and let's talk some NBA and college betting with our boy David, a.k.a. Better DP 21 With the NFL having the week off before the Super Bowl. David still decided to come back on, talk a little shot, but this week we're talking basketball. He's got two NBA for Friday night. I have two college for Saturday afternoon. That's how we're going to do it this week with no NFL. David, how you doing today, my man? Doing great, man. You know, really looking forward to the weekend. It's uh, getting all my other new models, you know, generated here. So I appreciate you having me on to talk a little basketball with you and, uh, you know, just looking to cash some other tickets, of course. Great night last night for David. Swept the board. Nice little business casual. Was it 7-0? and 7-0. Nice little business casual 7-0. Can't complain that. I was an embarrassing 1-1, one one, dude. Just freaking. <laughs> just embarrassing. Thanks a lot, Arizona State, for staying in the, staying in during the second half. <laughs> but, um, oh, dude, that's, how, that's the way it goes. It's like Wisconsin, Nebraska should have lost. Arizona State, like, you know what I mean? It was like, whatever. Um, we're here talking basketball, always fun. I love basketball. Interesting to hear what your plays are. Why don't you start us off? What's your first NBA play for Friday night? Yeah. And just for a little background, since we haven't really talked NBA before, you know, getting into my models, I'm very much similar to my NFL. I have 
you know, models that are predictive based on lineups. So I'm actually going based off of the starting lineups that are currently set right now. Um, so, you know, first game that I'm looking at and, and that's actually how my projections are determined is actually by starting lineup. So, you know, I actually key these players in, I'm, I'm using uh roto grinders, you know, current lineups just for everybody's background. And, uh, that being said, the first game I'm looking at on the board today is actually the Heat at the Wizards. Um, taking the Wizards plus the eight. Uh, I think this is a huge, huge number uh, for the for the Heat to cover from a favorite perspective. But really, you know, you take a look at the form of, of the Heat over the over this last week. They've only won one game in their last like ten games. Um, not only that, but you know, they have uh, <clears throat> they haven't covered an eight nugget at all in the last month. So, you know, on the opposite end, when I'm taking a look at the form from the Wizards perspective, um, you know, they're actually in great form. They won two out of the last four and actually being at home, you know, they kind of have a little bit more of an advantage in my opinion, uh, just having a little bit more rest at home, not needing to travel like the Heat are. Heat are not in good form at, at all. You just see a bunch of L's across the board on there. Um, meanwhile, Wizards are, you know, from the against the spread perspective, they're they're fifty fifty right now. They've been three and three, but I like them at home in this matchup. My model right now is actually showing favoritism for the Wizards to win outright. So not only you know just like football, I'm not just playing dogs just to cover. I'm playing them to win. So from that perspective, we're getting basically I'm I'm showing the Wizards to win this game by three points. So we are basically getting an 11 point edge on this play, you know, against the book line of the eight um, compared to my model showing the wizards being a favorite at minus three. So, you know, I really like them to cover that. Plus what's the magic number in an NBA for teams to actually cover it's nine. So they're right there at that number already as it is. Um, you know, that is actually the magic number for teams on average to win or cover a game, um, you know, usually within that line, you know, even uh, who was a team that I had last night, like the Knicks, for instance, they were down very, very early by almost 15 points or something came back and won that uh, game by about five as, and, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, they, that line moved against them, but I think it was only because it was a last minute adjustment of who they had in the starting lineup um, when it came to, uh, who was it? Halliburton for the Pacers and, you know, making sure that he was actually good to go. And once they confirmed he did, I think that line moved against the Knicks, but the Knicks are a really hot team. And I think people really underrated them on the market. Anyway, getting a little tangent here, but point being is that, you know, as I look at this line of, of eight, I know a majority of the tickets are actually on Washington at this point, but this line is actually moving down. It's already moved from eight down to seven and a half. It is moving in the direction of our line movement that we want it to be. So, you know, sprinkle a little bit on that money line as well. I'm pretty sure that I got it around 250. So, you know, I really like Washington at home uh, going against kind of a poor Miami Heat defense, um, you know, and just overall team because the last win um, that I actually think I saw for Miami that they got when they actually covered a nugget of eight was against Charlotte of all people. So, you know, and that's been a team that's only won 10 games all season. So, you know, really like the averages of where this is for the Wizards overall. Really like the lineups that they have in here. 
And yeah, I'm, you know, I feel really strong about this play going into tonight. I like it. I like it a lot. He have been dog shit. I mean, yeah. call it spade. they've been dog shit. They're still trying to factor in Rozier and everything. Um, my mm-hmm. first play. And look, there is one spot on the board that just absolutely screams to me for college basketball. And that spot is Texas A&M at home laying one and a half against Florida. You have Florida coming off an overtime win against Kentucky. And they have Auburn on deck. Just a great situational sandwich spot after coming off an emotional win when you were a dog. Now you have to travel to Texas A&M. Florida is the best rebounding team in the country. But Texas A&M is a top five rebounding team. So they're going to be able to limit Florida's second chance points. In my eyes, Texas A&M has Wade Taylor on the program. When David and I start doing more basketball stuff, Wade Taylor is going to be a guy that you hear me reference a lot. To me, he's the most dynamic point guard in college basketball, and he's a guy that, to me, Texas A&M can rebound, and they have Wade Taylor. They could be a dart, a five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever seed that makes a deep run because of him. They have the best player on the court this year in the SEC. Teams are fifty home teams, fifty six percent against the spread. Favorites, fifty six percent against the spread. And there's been an interesting trend this year after you play Kentucky for the whole season. Teams, the game after playing Kentucky, 29.4% against the spread in SEC play. Teams after they've played Kentucky are 28.6% against the spread. I think that's just because of how big and physical Kentucky is and the way that they play. I like Texas A&M. I'm fading Florida here in the letdown spot. Give me a chop, chop. No, sorry. Give Give me the Aggies minus the one and a half. Sorry, bud. Sorry. I was on Florida last. Now I have to fade him. I'm sorry. I got I got confused, man. I'm getting <laughs> get it. It's okay. It's okay. No, I still like that a lot too. Um, you know, I'll I'll be looking at that play a lot tomorrow myself. And uh, did you say they were the home team? Home team getting one and a half. Get laying one and a half. Laying one and a half. Yeah, perfect situation. I mean, personally, from my perspective, nothing matters more from a home away advantage than it does in college um, basketball. And that is just because when these teams go on the road, they just, you know, I think home teams in college basketball, if I, if the numbers are correct still, they were winning at a 70% clip. So, you know, seeing that one and a half, that is perfect. Again, magic number in college is also right around that nine. I like them to be able to cover that one and a half easily. David, what is your next play in the association? Yeah, yeah. So my next play is actually looking at uh, Sacramento at Indy tonight. So looking at Sacramento, they've been on the road all week long. They're about to play third game in about, or fourth game in about four days, five days. Uh, don't get me wrong, Sacramento has been doing well. They've, they've actually won, you know, three out of the last four. They didn't win um, just recently on the 31st, just two nights ago. But, you know, again, that could be a little little fatigue setting in with Sacramento there from that perspective. Um, <clears throat> this line, you know, no major injuries on either side of the ball here either. Um, I know this line pretty much got propped up. Again, 
little bit of game management, I think, for Halliburton on, on the side of the Pacers here. But, you know, my line's actually reading, again, a three-point um, for Indy to actually win um, by three points. So my model showing Indy to be favored by three. The line currently right now is three and a half for Indy as a home team. Um, <clears throat> you know, the other thing that I think I noticed, you know, just in terms of this overall is um, that Indy from a overall perspective, um, when it comes to against the spread, they have been covering three out of the last five games. Uh, even before those, I think they had covered or pushed. Um, so, I mean, they're really doing well against the spread for themselves, especially at home. I really like uh, Indi- Indianapolis just for that, you know, simple stat alone. And yeah, from a, from an overall team perspective, I mean, they're obviously doing a little game management with Halliburton again from last night to tonight, you know, playing a little back-to-back here. But, you know, at the same point, um, it's not three out of four back-to-back. So I like them back-to-back. I know they're on the, you know, but they're at home now, right? They've been on the road earlier in the week. They're at home. I think they probably got home, got rested, um, probably, you know, treating themselves a little bit better. They play better at home just overall, in my opinion. So, you know, with that being said, um, I really just like, I'm going to trust my model. I'm going to trust the numbers. I'm going to take, you know, Indy um, with the three and a half, I'll probably put a little bit on their money line as well. And yeah. And then we're looking at those two dogs for tonight. I like it. I like it a lot. My next bet. And also another thing I'm big into is shot regression. Like okay. I, if a team is hot shooting threes, there's going to be that game where they struggle and they go back to a norm. If a team is giving up a lot, a lot of open looks and yep. a team isn't making them, I like to fade that team. A great example, earlier in the week, I was on Georgia Tech, North Carolina teams, there's a three, four, three, five-game stretch where teams were shooting less than 30% from three. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that again. But I'm going to North Carolina's neighbors to the south. Give me Georgia laying the one and a half against South Carolina. Georgia to me, very interesting team. Um, They melted. They should have beat Alabama at home. They should have beat Tennessee at home. Little melts. Their point guard was sick. There's like some viral situation going on with him. But now he is healthy. He's going to be a full go tomorrow. You have South Carolina coming off of that big win on the road against Tennessee, five in the country. Um, these are the last shooting games. 10 for 29, 10 for 25, 11 for 24, 9 and 18. Those are from threes. That is well over their season average. Last time they played Georgia, Georgia won. They shot six for 26. The way Georgia defends – I think they're going to be able to create some turnovers from South Carolina and Georgia's got three guys that can take people off the dribble. So I, I just think it's a great matchup. Again, the 56% trends with home and favorite teams playing in the sec. So I like Georgia here, minus a small number, minus the one and a half. And honestly, those listening, it wouldn't surprise me if we see this number dip down because a lot of people are going to buy South Carolina after that big win over Tennessee. So I'd hold off, but I definitely like Georgia here minus a one and a half. I'm really glad you brought that up because I cashed on that last South Carolina game. So 
That was exactly what I was thinking of. I was actually going to bring that up and say, does that worry you at all? But I totally actually agree with you. My, cause public perception is going to be, you know, results of recent past, right? So yeah. they're going to think of that game. They're going to go ahead and put money on South Carolina to cover as an away team because they were just away at Tennessee and, you know, one on that end. So I could see and, that, but yeah, I, I, again, go back to my comment of home teams in college matter. Uh, home teams in college are huge. And I'm yeah. kicking myself because like, I usually always sprinkle on the money line and I had South Carolina got them plus the 14 and a half. Yep. Yep. Sprinkle on the money line. Like I had Florida plus the five and a half against Kentucky. Didn't sprinkle on the money line, but you yep. know what I did have? I did have Georgia plus the points of plus, plus the two ten on the money line and they effing blew it against Alabama. They're up 15. Weird team. They've been up big at home and they've had these like collapses. So, I mean, if it does get a situation for those listening, where they are up double digits and you can get a South Carolina here plus like a 210 plus a 250 somewhere in that range. Yep. yep. Maybe with a little hedging on the money line just because of Georgia's. They're a weird team because they're down big at South Carolina. They're down like eight, 10 with like six minutes remaining and they came back and won. Hmm. And then they were up double digits against Tennessee and against um whose other team i just alabama and they weren't able to close it but yeah i definitely um i definitely like the bulldogs here minus the one and a half my friend very gonna be interested in watching that one tomorrow i'll be interested in watching some of the line movement from today tomorrow as well i'll tell you what it is a loaded day and that's the thing like and this is my best bet for my best tip for people listening to this in terms of what david's talking about line movement I use Bedstamp, and the reason I like Bedstamp is because I can have everything there. And offshore is always ahead of yep. the legalization market. So yep. if you see the offshore starting to tick down, then that's your cue to buy. Correct. If you start to see it tick up, you know what? Kind of got to hold off a little bit. But offshore tends to be ahead of the market here in the U.S. David, I'd like to thank you for coming on. When you tell everybody where they can find you on social media, my friend. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Really appreciate it. Want to definitely look forward to talking more NBA and basketball at large with you going forward. Um, anybody looking to talk shop, look for me on Twitter, Instagram, same handle, better DP twenty one, better with the no R. Thank you for the time. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. Um, give my boy a follow, and we'll talk next week. A little Super Bowl, my friend. All right. So I'm looking forward to it. Make sure you give my boy David a follow at BetterDP21 on social media. Now let's shift our attention over to some NASCAR. The NASCAR season is back. And who else better to come back on the podcast than the person who's been here the last three years? Happy to call him a friend. My boy, Brandon, at BostonBoy83. How are you doing today, my man? Doing good, man. Uh, shocked that we're back already. Like, even though I know the clash is coming up, I was when you hit me up saying, hey, man, we need to record this week. I was like, doesn't seem like that long of an off season at all. It's honestly not. And, um, you know, those listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube, Brandon and I this year, are we're going to do some Instagram live stuff with um, some DK stuff. YouTube may do a watch along for one of the races. Still trying to figure out all the kinks and everything with that. Um, now, 
obviously you can tell by his handle. He's a big Boston fan, Boston boy, 83. Need to ask you real quick before we jump into this. Thoughts on the mail hire? I like it. Um, seven, eight-time Pro Bowler, drafted first round, played through Belichick, through the Belichick organization, coached with Bill for a few years. Bill not getting a job in 2024, which is the first time, or head coaching job, will be the first. If he doesn't coach at all, it'll be the first time in 50 years that Bill is not in the NFL. Tells me the Suns are going to stay in New England. So defense shouldn't change. Get you a good quarterback. We talked about the Justin Field. Like, the pieces are there. If they're executed, great. If not, we're going to be in a two, three, four-year type thing. But pieces are there, and I'm optimistic about it. It's crazy this offseason NASCAR had. What are some of the big moves that kind of stood out to you? Stuart Haas has become a powerhouse. The fact that they lose Eric Almarola, who wasn't great, but not terrible. And then you lose your boy, Uncle Kev. It's like, what are they going to do? How are they going to figure this out? And they go out and not only get Josh Berry from Junior Motorsports, who is phenomenal. You get Josh Berry's teammate, Noah Gregson, through Junior Motorsports. And you have Chase Briscoe already. Noah's got something to prove. Josh Berry's a stud. Like, that squad, that to me is going to be a tough team to beat. Now, I've been harping on this for years. NASCAR needs to do something better to promote itself, like get a show on Netflix, like F1 had that kind of helped it vault, like catapult that popularity here in the States. Boom. Guess what premiered earlier this week? A NASCAR show on Netflix. It's like they're actually listening to old Uncle Rico. What have you, A, have you watched the show? And if you have, what what have you thought about it? I haven't watched it yet. I'm actually, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I wanted to hold on to it since there's only a few episodes and kind of bring it into the race weekend. I personally know the person that produced that specific show. And the best part about it is there is no pre-written script. It is exactly how it is. It's these guys, their families, what they do, unedited. Like So anybody wondering, well, did they say this? It is 110% accurate. There is no pre-written stuff for it at all. So now, I've watched the first two, okay? And here are my takeaways. Number one, I like Denny Hamlin more now than I did last year. I've heard that from everybody that's watched it. I have. I've heard that from everybody that's watched it. I like, just because like, you kind of like see every fucking thing he's doing. I like the attitude that he has in it and how he attacks it. I, I, I like what I saw from Denny Hamlin, as crazy as it sounds. Number two, the best part of the best part of the first two episodes, and if this spoils it for you, it was Hamlin's mom calling him out about qualifying, how bad he didn't qualify. That's hilarious. Phenomenal part, like phenomenal part. Um, next takeaway, I like Reddick. Yeah. I like Reddick a lot. I, I I like him. 
I like because I didn't know much about him, but the second episode kind of dove into him a little bit more. Good guy, very like, good guy. Like liked what I like like the Reddick aspect. Um, you know, they've showed it. They've talked about Bubba a little bit. I, I guess they're supposed to get into it with Blaney. Second episode, they started to get into it a little bit with your boy Logano. Um, you know, it's just so far I like it. So far, it's been great. Um, I hope they do it again next year. There's only five episodes, so I'm really hoping they keep with it. Um, now, obviously, this weekend, it's an exhibition race. The season starting in two weeks, the week after the Super Bowl, with the Daytona 500. Brandon will be back for this one. But we wanted to talk about Clash and the betting. First of all, before I jump into all that, how does this track at the Coliseum, What? how does it run like and what other tracks is it comparable to? It's not. Grown men playing bumper cars on the quarter mile track. I, ra- I raced it for the first time on iRacing two nights ago and you can't pass on the outside. It's literally getting a line and move somebody out of a way and pick up a spot, get in line, move somebody out of the way, pick up a spot. If you get stuck on the outside, it's like a train. You're just going to go right to the back. So it's, it's exciting. They're back. I'm, I, I see what they're doing and I understand changes to make the sport, the fan base grow. But man, we used to go into this weekend getting ready to watch two groups of two groups qualify and race each other at Daytona like that. I I missed that. So going to this little short track, that's a quarter of a mile, not a fan of it. It'll be exciting just because they're back, but racing and then stopping it to do a concert and then racing again. Like, again, I know what they're doing marketing wise. I'm a little old fashioned. I'm not a fan of it, but Martinsville, I guess, is the closest track you could come to comparing a short track. Yeah. Um. Now, with it being an exhibition, how does this change your mindset as a better betting this race? That you can go further for longer shot drivers solely because. I don't really think you see tempers flaring in this. They all know there's no points on the line. They all just want the trophy. It is a short track. So betting-wise, I am going to grab my short track, guys. That That's obvious, and that's not going to change because if you qualify up front, 90% chance you'll be up front. Mm-hmm. Which, mind you guys, they're doing heat races tomorrow night to set the lineup. That is qualifying. They're going to put groups of them out and do, I don't know how many laps it is, but do actual races. And where you finish will determine your starting position for the race. And Brandon brings up a good point. You guys got to look at it. Like, hypothetically, last year, Truex won the race, but technically, he shouldn't have gotten into it. Correct. So, the mar- betting market now is everybody. So, if you bet, like, one of my bets, like, I have, Will- I have Willie B, Willie- William Byron. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you guys why I like him. If he... Like if you wait, this eleven to one that he's at is going to drop if he gets in because the betting size, the betting market will get smaller because there's not all the drivers are going to make the race yep. because of these heats. Um, so with that being said, I suggest getting these in sooner rather than later, just because you don't want to miss out on a price because the heat started. With um, that being said, sorry. With that being said, when you bet a long shot tonight, tomorrow or any time before these heat races, you are risking. 
So I wouldn't drop a bunch of money on a long shot or even like a Ross Chastain that's 22 to one. Don't look at that and be like, he's a great driver, had a great year last year, 22 to one. Those are great odds. They are, but you are risking the man not even making the race. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have two, Brandon's got three, you know, since Brandon's got more than me, he's going to lead us off. Brandon, what is your first bet? The man that I think should win the championship this year, Denny Hamlin at 10 to one. He's in the non, he's in the Netflix documentary. He's got his own podcast. He's a phenomenal driver year after year is very successful in winning races but for whatever reason, it's fallen short. To me, at least in NASCAR, that's got to bend and break at some point. So I'm starting the year off with Denny Hamlin at 10 to 1. My first one. I am getting William Byron at a plus 1,100. So 11 to 1 on William Byron. Are you kidding me? You talked about how it plays like a short track, fifth best average finish on short tracks this year with the drivers that are in the race. Finished 10th last year at this event. Um, you know, on short tracks, most, most wins, third most led laps last season. And I'm getting 11 to 1. You know what I mean? Like, I got, I have to bet William Byron again exhibition race i'm only throwing half a unit on it i'm not going crazy but william byron 11 to 1 is my first bet of the nascar season you'll like this i hate that i'm starting my year off with these two picks being denny and then the next one being joey logano at 11 to 1 exhibition race gloves are off he doesn't care about upsetting anybody and that's all i'm gonna say joey logano 11 to 1 i can't sit here and praise the guy I like it. I like it. My next one. And geez. So you said this is you think Hamlin's going to win the championship this year. My prediction to be hoisting the NASCAR championship at the end of the year. Please say it. Tyler Reddick. Okay. Who do you think? 20 to 1? Is that what you got him at? I got 20 to 1 on Reddick. I like it. I that. So, finished six here last season. And one thing now, if you're a Bubba Wallace fan and you're listening to this, I apologize. We have seen ever since Bubba joined the 23 car and the Jordan, the 2311 team, every year he's improved. And I think we're going to see an absolute huge improvement this year with Reddick, just with the team he's on, being able to pick Hamlin's head and everything from the 23 car. You know, he was good on short track, on the 45, excuse me. He was good on short tracks, second year on the team. I expect we're going to see him take a huge jump forward. I absolutely love Tyler Reddick, and I, I sprinkle a little bit on him to win the championship just because – I think he's going to be there. This price is going to drop, and I think everyone's kind of overlooking him. Completely love the pick. Didn't see it. I'll add that to mine so that becomes four because I completely overpassed Tyler Reddick at 20 to 1. The guy's good at short tracks. And again, to your point, he is improving, and that team is improving year after year. So I do like that pick. My last pick 
is multiple picks. I'm going to let you guys take it however you want. But I'm grabbing Stuart Haas. I'm grabbing Josh Barry at 25 to 1. And I'm grabbing Noah Gregson at 66 to 1. Noah, same thing that happened to Larson. Did stuff he shouldn't have done. Lost his ride. Didn't think he'd be back for a while. Stuart Haas took a risk on him. And he is now in a good car. He was at Legacy that last year that he raced and was terrible. But it had nothing to do with him. That's strictly equipment. I promise you guys. So I'm liking Noah Gregson at 66 to 1. And you guys keep your eye on Josh Berry from the start. That is my rookie of the year pick. I think that I think my prediction is Barry's gonna win one race in the spring. I don't know which one, but I think he's gonna win a race sooner than later. I kind of like yeah. He and I'll tell you what, he did great here last year. He did yes. great on short tracks. So I mean on short tracks with Barry, did great when he replaced your boy Elliot in the nine yeah. car. Um, you know, real quick, you know, before I let you go, we talk. Like you're a big Chase Elliott fan last year, huge disappointment with the injury and everything and missing, I mean, how many missed a ton of races, not qualifying for the for the playoffs. Is this gonna be a bounce back year? What do you expect this year from Elliott in the in the nine? Gonna sound like a fanboy. I think he's doing one of those reset things. Every single paint scheme drastically changed. You never see that. You always see like, oh, there's a stripe here. He changed every single paint scheme with the sponsors. He did have shoulder surgery. I'll tell you, I go for an MRI in a couple weeks to see if I either have a partially torn labrum or a torn labrum. When I do my eye races now, I can only do a race and I got stopped for like an hour. Him and Hamlin both had shoulder surgery. So I don't know how much that was impacting these guys on the track. If it was terrible, if it's just a quick little procedure, clean something up. But just on eye racing on a simulator in my house, my shoulder's killing me when I'm done. Yeah. So, and that's no excuse either. The man was hurt before with his leg, and I don't think he was mentally there. I think there's a lot going on with him. But uh, I do look for a bounce back year. And I don't know. I just, if you look at his interviews last year, like he wasn't even the normal chase, like just very dry, quiet, like nothing really positive. So, Hoping for a bounce back here. They got him at seven to one to win the title, but uh, he will win a couple races this year for sure. Brad, I thank you for coming on, taking time out of your day to talk a little NASCAR. We're going to be here every single week. There's a NASCAR race sharing our bets. We're going to be doing some more live stuff with watch alongs and doing some fantasy stuff. But before we do all that stuff, you need to tell everyone where they can find you on social media. And you mentioned ice iRacing. You have a big step up in comp this year. Why don't you tell everyone when your racing starts? Uh, should be February 13th, I believe, the Daytona 200, they're calling it. Um, if any of you haven't seen it, I would love to share real quick as we sign off. Oh, I had it right here. Come on, guys. Window. This is what we're going to be looking like. That's Ooh. our cup ride for 2024. Got the ETOF 2-1 Sports, sports betting YouTube right on the side. So Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and me and Eric every week will go ahead and uh, put out the link. 
for uh, the broadcast. But looking forward to it. We've done some exhibition races ourselves. Got a couple wins in this car in the ex- exhibition races. So feel good. Good stuff. I'll be watching. Make sure to give them a follow. Make sure to check out the races. And we'll be back in two weeks talking the Daytona 500. See you there, my friend. See you, guys. Make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83 on social media. Also, the ETOF21 Sports Show is live this Tuesday night. Dave Weaver from FanDuel TV is this week's special guest. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.